but God is still blessing. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's why we can't allow the enemy to distract us in what's happening around us. We got to keep our minds focused on the Lord. Oh, yes. Watch as well as pray. Amen. But know that God is your protection. He is your security. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Stand, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made thee free. Amen. It is with great honor and privilege, amen, that I stand before you. Amen. In the house of the Lord, amen. Here in Mount Olive House of Prayer, amen. We thank God for our pastor, our pastor Gloria Ingram. Amen. Thank God for her. Amen. We thank our own very energizer buddy, Bunny. Amen. Our assistant pastor, Robert Lee Lewis. Thank God for him. Amen. Also, our worship leader. Amen. We bless God for him. Amen. We thank God for our deacons being in place, our evangelist Hargett. Amen. We ask y'all to continue to keep our sister, um, to keep our sister Michelle in prayer, who's not feeling well today. She's not here, but we thank God for her healing. Amen. Amen. We thank God for her healing. Amen. And just by way of one announcement that's going on this week, amen, we pray that you all will be able to go with us, amen, because we're about to get very busy. But how many know that God can give you strength? Even in the busyness of life. Amen. This week we, we will be having a celebration of life. Amen. For the life of our Reverend Joe Mobley. Amen. For those of you who may not know him, I know anybody that's been knowing me over 20 years, I'm sure you know Reverend Joe Mobley. He is the father-in-law of our sister Martha Mobley. He passed away. He went home to be with the Lord. Amen. On the week past. Amen. Very sad news. Amen. Before I was even born, amen, Reverend Joe Mobley was good friends with my father and my mother. Amen. Those of you might even remember Sister Mobley who comes with Newcastle Baptist Church when uh, Bishop Michael Garden High comes to preach. Amen. His homegoing service is this Thursday, October 13th. Amen. At Soul Saving Station. Amen. The address is 302 West 124th Street in New York City, New York. Amen. The viewing is from 4 to 7. And at 7, um, yours truly will be doing the eulogy and we will be starting the service. So um, I thank God for that. Amen. That God has allowed me to be able to celebrate the life of this great man of God. Amen. I don't, need, I don't think I've ever heard him say a harsh word. Amen. Never heard him say anything negative against anyone. Always very humble and very good man. And I thank God for him. Thank God for knowing him, getting to know him before the Lord um, took him home. So saints, keep the Mobley family in prayer. Amen. This is very hard for the grandchildren, our brother Tony, our brother Al, 
and uh, Sister Michelle, the grandchildren also, for they were very close to their grandfather, very close. For um, he used to help uh, Sister Martha a lot. Amen. She was a woman with a tribe. Amen. Walking with her own basketball team, pretty much. Amen. But I, what I can tell you about Reverend Mobley was that when, he need, when she needed him, he was there. Amen. Him and uh, uh, the Mobley family was there to help her out. And we thank God for that. Come on, let's give God a hand praise for good people. Amen. Not just good people, but men and women of God. Amen. 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 Because you're not good without God. And if you don't have the Lord, I hate to tell you, but you're no good. Amen. You are no good. Amen. Because you need God to be good. Amen. Because God is good. And all the time. God is good. And all the time. Amen. So how can you be good without God? You can't be. You can't be because God is good. Amen. Saints, open up your Bibles with me to the book of Jonah. Amen. Thank God for the word. The book of Jonah. Open your Bibles. The book of Jonah. Also, you can get 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Again, 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Amen. Still on our subject, I must believe God. It's vital that I believe God, that I trust in God, that I look to the Lord and not to myself. Amen. That my heart is set on God and set on God alone. Because if my heart is not set on him, then I'm going to go foul. I'm going to go wrong. But when we set our hearts on God, God will deal with us in a great and mighty way. Amen? Amen. So let's remember that I must believe God. Amen. Our thought for today, I am the image of Christ. Again, I am the image of Christ. And because I am the image of Christ, listen here, because I am the image of Christ, this means that I ought to always seek to walk in the right attitude. How many understand that? Because I am the image of Christ, I must always seek to walk in the right attitude. How many of us know people with the wrong attitude? You don't have to raise your hand because we all know them. We might be one of them. Amen. I am the image of Christ, therefore, I need to show the right attitude. Amen? Amen. The challenge to maintain godly thinking. How many have still been on the fast redirecting their thoughts? Changing their thought, changing your thought pattern from what you're used to doing. The stopping of processing thoughts that are just dangerous to you. The negative thinking, the stinking thinking, the dirty thinking, the 
evil thinking. Let me tell you something. Anybody in here that's been working on their thoughts, you've got an all-day job. 24 hours every time you up. Because fighting your thoughts takes a lifetime. Amen. Because I haven't heard of anybody yet that has learned to master all their thoughts. It takes a lifetime. It takes walking in the spirit. Listen, it takes walking in the spirit, praying in the spirit. Hmm. Yes, it does. Because you're just not going to do this overnight. So you have to walk in the spirit, pray in the spirit, talk in the spirit, live in the spirit. And all the things I'm telling you is not from me. That's what the Bible says. Pray in the spirit, walk in the spirit, talk in the spirit, sing in the spirit, dance in the spirit. Because everything we do has to be in the spirit. One of the greatest problems in the world today is that people seek People seek to heal things in the natural without first dealing with the spiritual problem. Unless we are going to fight the spiritual warfare, you will never overcome the natural problem. How many hear that? I'm going to say it again. Unless you fight the spiritual warfare, you will never overcome the natural problem. Habits develop spiritually. They develop spiritually, and unless we deal with the spiritual problem, the habit remains. It's a spiritual problem that causes the habit. So unless we deal with the spiritual problem, the habit will always be there. Amen. Finally, your topic for today. My attitude will decide... My attitude will determine, rather, my altitude. Again, my attitude will determine my altitude. Because whenever I have a bad attitude, I'm not going very high in the Lord. I'm going to remain where I am. How many know that when a plane is in the air, that a plane can go over the storm by going to a higher altitude. And he can avoid, the pilot can avoid the storm or the rain totally by not going through the storm, but by going higher than the storm. See, somebody done got it already and said, boy, I got the message now. Because when the pilot goes to a higher altitude, he's beating or overcoming the storm. He doesn't even have to deal with what the people on the ground are dealing with because the pilot just goes over the storm. I done gave y'all about 15 messages. That's right. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going above the storm. I'm going above the hurricane. I'm going above the tornado. I'm not going to be down where there's danger. I'm going above it. And this is what happens with our attitude. I don't have to have the same attitude you have. I can choose to go to a higher altitude in God. 
so that I don't have to deal with or I don't have to have your attitude. Me and Pastor was talking as we were coming here, and she was saying, yeah, you, attitudes are contagious. Yes, they are. Because you know what? You give me an attitude, I'm subject to give you an attitude right back. What'd you say? See what I'm saying? Because of the attitude I took out with him, he could have easily got an attitude with me. Now we're both walking around with attitude, and who won? Yeah, thank you. Who won? Yes. Satan has won. Because I have caused him to have the same attitude I have. Because you know why? Because we are not just natural, we are also spiritual. And because we are spiritual, the way I treat him may cause him to treat me the same way back. Now, not everybody can go above your attitude. Some people will stay right there where you are. And instead of going above the storm, they go right into it. That's how husband and wife get into arguments. That's how friends break up. That's how relationships go sour. That's how women wind up giving the man back the ring he gave her. Yeah. Because your attitude is all wrong. And let me tell you something. Let me, let me explain something to you. Please. All you, all you single folks, listen to this. If you know that the person you are about to marry got a bad attitude before you marry them, you a fool for walking right into that relationship knowing that person has a bad attitude. Don't be silly. By their fruits, you shall know them. Don't walk right into a storm. Once you, see, once you're told something, it's, you're responsible for what you do with it. Now, if you still go and do it once you were told not to, see, God will tell you, don't do that, child. But see, God is not going to grab your hand and say, uh-uh. God's going to leave it to you. And then when you go through it and walk through it, and then you look at God, why you did baby? And God saying, I told you not to. I warned you, don't do that. And you still walk right into it. Attitude determines Altitude. Come on, say it with me. Attitude, attitude. determines determined. altitude. Well, what is an attitude? An attitude is a subtle way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. Again, an attitude is a subtle way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. And your attitude is usually reflected in your behavior. Your attitude will show through your behavior. Because you can't be nice to me and you don't like me when your attitude is wrong towards me. You may perpetrate that fraud and put on that actor's position, that hypocritical position for a minute, but as soon as I turn my back, and I might even catch you when I turn around quick to say something else to you, 
And then I begin to realize, you know what? She's got a bad attitude, or he's got a bad... Why do they have that attitude? Because it's a settled feeling or thought. A lot of times, a lot of times the attitudes we have, we don't even know we have an attitude. Honey, could you do this? And you know you really don't want to do it? What come? Attitude. Honey, could you do this for me, please? I don't feel like doing that. Get on my nerve. Attitude. And then the next thing you know, that attitude follows you. Those feelings go with you. Because you started it by your, in your thinking. And some of us have just developed bad attitudes. Now, while we might not know it's there, it's there. It's there. You're just waiting for somebody to flip that switch. See, you'll never know what my attitude is unless you flip that switch. You know how people say, don't press that button. Well, a lot of us, we're like that. You go and press that button. Uh-oh. You turned her on. You turned him on. And guess what? It's going to be problems. Because that attitude is going to show up. And that, when, that attitude, when that attitude shows up, that attitude is going to bring us straight down. Especially if we're not dealing with someone who is more spiritual than we are. Because if that someone we're dealing with is not more spiritual than what we are, we are going to stay with that attitude. Because you're going to cause us to keep that attitude alive. Because then what happens, our own mind begins to say, well, see, you have a right to have that attitude. Come on, let's tell the truth. How many of you ever said you had a right to feel this way? Come on now. Come on, you lying wonders. Put your hands up. You have said it. I got, you know, I got a right to feel this way. I feel this way because. Come on now. All this drama going around. Drama. I got a right to feel this way. I can feel this way because. And then you justify. And Satan make you justify your attitude. Don't ever, don't ever justify an attitude. Bring it before God and let God give you the right attitude. Let God tell you how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to think. And the reason why you got the attitude is because of your thinking. That's right. That's right. Hmm. Show, show me a person that's been saying to themselves, I'm going to get a divorce. I'm going to get a divorce. I'm going to get, and eventually guess what? I'm going to get a divorce. Because you kept saying it, you kept saying it, you kept saying it till you made yourself believe it. And then once it becomes a part of your belief system, that's it. Because even if you're married, you're not married. Hmm. Because it becomes a part of your belief system. An attitude, a settled way of thinking, feeling about someone or something that is typically reflected in one's behavior. Now listen to this. Now, what we have to understand, what we have to understand also is the right attitude will take us places. Amen. Amen. Amen? Show the right attitude on your job. Raises will come. 
Some of you Christians some praying, praying, God, give me a raise. God, give me a raise. Check your attitude at the job. How do I speak to my manager? How do I treat my associates? How do I treat those who I work with? Don't keep praying and saying, I want to raise God. I want to raise, so I need a raise. But you're not, your attitude ain't changed. And then your, your attitude is a behavior that actually becomes a habit if you're not careful. And then once it becomes a habit, you know us, we human beings, we don't like change. We like things the same way all the time, even in our behavior. We don't like change. How many know when God say change, we got to change? The right attitude will allow us to go places. The wrong attitude will hold us back. And guess what? You won't go anywhere with the wrong attitude. It'll hold you back. And see, that's why the enemy fights us with the attitude we have. He fights us on our attitude. Listen, the right attitude will help us succeed. The wrong attitude will ruin us. Totally ruin us. Hmm. Tell you something. I've been married 30 years, and I'm sure a pastor can say this too. I've been married 30 years. This is work. Tell you something, marriage is work. Every time I wake up, I'm working. It's not when I get to the job, bro. I'm working when I wake up. I get a text, honey, bring home some juice, some milk, some eggs. Are you serious? Marriage is work. Life, listen, single people, life is work. You can't just get up and hit the snooze and go back to sleep. Get up and hit the snooze and go back to sleep. You won't have a job. You got to have the right attitude to even wake up this morning. You know what? When I woke up, I looked at it. I said, boy, I could catch another 10 minutes. I said, if I don't get up now, I'm going to mess up everything. I said, get up. I jumped up and I've been up ever since. Feel like somebody done gave me some coffee. Because I woke up with the attitude, got to get up, got to go. Because I know the right attitude will help me succeed, but the wrong attitude will ruin me. The right attitude will reveal a person's wisdom. The right attitude will reveal wisdom. Mm. But the wrong attitude exposes a fool in action. I said, Holy Spirit, that's deep. The wrong attitude will expose a fool in action. Because if you ever read the book of Proverbs or studied the book of Proverbs, we all know that Proverbs is all about wisdom, right? Proverbs is all about wisdom. Well, the opposite of wisdom is foolishness. And who shows foolishness but a fool? So a fool is opposite of a wise person. Amen? Amen. So you are, you, uh, you are a fool if you say the wrong thing knowing 
what the results of the wrong thing being said is going to bring. Why would I say that knowing it's going to bring the worst out of my wife? See, men, this is not very hard. If we be careful with what we say, we'll get the right results. Say the right thing, you'll bring forth the right thing. Remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and you shall eat the fruit thereof. Whatever it is that you cook, that's what you eat. That's it. Amen. Amen? Amen. So cook the right thing, and you'll be eating the right thing. Cook the wrong thing, and guess what? You'll be eating the wrong thing. Mm. An attitude, a position, listen, it's a position that we take in our own lives. And a lot of us have taken positions we shouldn't have ever taken. And now, not only have we taken position that we should not have taken, now we're in a place we shouldn't be. In a position that's wrong. Mm. See, place and position means everything. Say it with me. Place Place. and position position. means everything. I got to position myself in the Lord. Because my attitude will determine my behavior. Listen, not only will it determine my behavior, it will determine what I say. Most of all, it will determine what I think. And listen to this, which is very important to us. My attitude is going to determine my next move. My attitude will determine my next move. How many of y'all know anything about the game of chess? Raise your hand if you know a little something about the game of chess. Amen. Chess is, is... to me, an extremely strategic game. And you have got to know how to play chess. You can't just sit down and act like you know. Because see, what I love about chess is that every piece moves differently. Certain pieces have liberty that other pieces don't. And you, you have got to know how the pieces move on the board in order to be successful at playing the game. How many know life is a game? And unless you play it right and know where all the pieces go, as the word gives you everything, God gave you his word so you can get through this game called life. Amen. Even more so with the sin in the world now, we know that this is a game. So strategic is the game of chess that in World War II, the Japanese found some instructions that they thought was a part of America's war games that they found out was nothing more later than chess moves. But that's how strategic the game is. As a Christian, we have got to live strategically. We have got to live strategically by the word of God. The word of God gives us every move we ought to make, we ought to think, we ought to say. 
But if we're not studying the word, how will we know our next move? Say it with me, my next move. The only way to know your next move is to know what God is saying to you at any time. Amen. I was playing pool. We was on the retreat and I was playing pool. And boy, I was beating Sister Liza down. She had done bragged to me about how good she was in pool. And boy, it looked like she could do nothing right. I beat her three games. That's right, I'm bragging about beating her. I got bragging rights. Then, Brother Nick came along. I guess he wanted to revenge, avenge his wife. He beat me three times. Because he knew exactly what to do in certain situations. He knew how to handle himself. And basically, one, I think it was once or twice, he even let me beat myself. Because I hit that eight ball in the pocket that I should not have. Unless we know the right move to make, unless we know what's next, we will continue to stay at an altitude where we will run into all type of turbulence, we will run into all type of problems, but until we take our attitude to the next level, we will stay where we are because our attitude determines altitude. See, with Sister Liza, I was feeling good. Then Nick brought me back down. I said, here I am, back to earth. Mm. It's the right attitude. I ain't got nothing against them. He did what he had to do, but I'm going to be back. And listen, the object of the game of chess is to protect the king. Every piece on the board is expendable. Every piece on the board, their job is to protect their king while getting to your king and surrounding him in a way that that king cannot move and whenever the king cannot move that's automatic when the player says checkmate meaning that I've got you in a position and see that's what the enemy has been trying to do with us for many years with our attitude he's been trying to get us into a position where we cannot move but we have got to play this game according to the rules of the word of God and as we play this game right we will defeat that king of the darkness But we have to protect our king. And when I say protect, we're not protecting God. Please don't get that wrong. Not that we're protecting God. But what we're doing, we're protecting the things that God has given us. We're protecting our anointing. We're securing what God has given to us. And we're using everything we have to to protect what God has blessed us with.
You don't just give up to the enemy. No, you don't give up to him. Remember the song, I command thee Satan in the name of the Lord to drop your weapons and what? Flee. For listen, for the Lord has given me authority to trample all over thee. And because I can, I'm going to take this liberty to do it. And I'm going to walk on Satan's head. Amen? As I begin to study this and I begin to see how important attitude is, how our next move is so vital to what happens. God took me to the story of Jonah. And when he took me to the story of Jonah, tears began to run down my eyes because I began to realize that God knows just how to do things. He took me right to a prophet with a bad attitude. Did did, did y'all hear that? I just put prophet and attitude in the same sentence because that's what God had. He had a prophet with a bad attitude. But, 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 But listen, but listen, but listen. He belonged to God. Listen. You bad attitude people. You belong to God. And God loves you with all your attitude. But listen, to encourage you, he wants you to change. And I say change before he has to make you change. Because God knows how to change you. But it's not going to be the way you want him to. See, we think we got it all down packed. See, I know if God can change me if he do this. No. God said, I'm going to take you another way. And I'm going to change what you're doing. How many know God chastised those he loves? Whenever we're going through, we have to always remember, God, what are you telling me? God, what are you saying to me? This is why I shall bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Why? Because I don't know if what I'm going through is a lesson for me to learn something. But if I try to get out of it, I might not get the lesson. And I want to pass this test because I don't want to take this test again. I don't want to go through this anymore. So let me pass this test by changing my attitude about what I'm going through. Because it can be a whole lot worse. But I got to change my attitude about what I'm going through. Say it with me. I got to change my attitude about what I'm going through. See, even when I'm going through, I got to have the right attitude. I can't have the wrong attitude when I'm going through. I might wind up keeping myself there longer. But having the right attitude will not only help me get through it, I won't even forget I had something wrong, and then the blessings will begin to fall, and I come right out of it. But I can't do that if my attitude is wrong. Because I'm thinking I don't deserve this. I didn't do anything. God, I didn't do it because because now you don't become self-righteous. You didn't do anything. But let me tell you something. There are open sins and there are hidden sins. There are things you did and you know it and things you did and didn't know it. 
So ain't nobody here perfect. There is no honor among thieves. So stop thinking you all that. Jonah chapter 1. Listen to this. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the summer, summer Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, that great city, and the cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. How many heard what God said? He said, Rise up and go to Nineveh because their sins and their wickedness have come before me. Now, God is giving Jonah a mission. Somebody say mission. I want you to write that down. Mission. Mission. God has given you a mission. God has given you assignment. Each and every one of us in here today has an assignment. We might not, we can, no, we cannot decide what our assignment is. But we need to discover our assignment. You don't walk around life not knowing your assignment. That's dangerous. Because if you don't know your assignment, you don't know your purpose. If you're going to know your purpose, you got to know your assignment. There's a, there are things that's been assigned to this lady right here, I can't do. I can't fulfill. I cannot. I can't touch her assignment. And if I try to, I'll mess up and never finish my assignment. How many know we got to stay within our assignment? The first thing they teach you when you get into the military is know your place, know your position, and obey those over you. And don't get in anybody else's assignment. Do what's been assigned to you. And the reason why a lot of us are failing is because we missed the assignment. How can you pass tests in school if you missed the assignment? You're looking at a test, but you haven't even studied the material on the test. How can you get through the test if you didn't even go through the assignment? I have to know the assignment. And God gives him a mission. Why? Because he knows Jonah is in ministry. Write that down. Ministry. Ministry. Satan is always looking to tamper and stop your mission and ministry. Always keep that in mind. Whatever way he can stop, because see, your ministry is against the forces of darkness. Your ministry is to stop what they are doing. So the devil has to come against your mission and your ministry. And last, but most of all, he's got to stop your mission, your ministry, and your message. See, wow, so many things are going on in this church. I got to focus on the message. I hear the baby crying, but you know what? I got to focus on this message because I'm here on a mission. I got a ministry on my life, and I got to give you this message that God gave to me and so that you'll know and you'll discover your assignment in God so that you'll also understand that I got to have the right attitude if I'm going to succeed. Already, the message is taking place. It's the message. And see, whatever the enemy can do to distract the message, that's what he'll do. And that's what he did by sending that young man in here this morning. Distract you from the message. 
Because if you watch him, you won't worship. If you watch him, you'll forget the ministry. I wonder why he was here. What was he doing? Was he here to rob us? Was he here to case the place? Ooh. See, now the devil got you thinking. You're thinking all the wrong things. Now you won't hear the message. Because the message got tangled up with your thinking. And let me tell you something. When it ever comes to a message and your thinking, unless you're thinking on the message, your other thinking will overpower the message. Whoo. God sends him, wants to send Jonah on a mission because of his ministry. He's got a message that he's got for Jonah to give to Nineveh. Nineveh was the city, the capital city of Assyria. Assyria was the enemy to the Israelites, an enemy to the whole world because at one time, Assyria was over the Middle East at that time. And they were dangerous people. They were wicked, cruel people. But God wanted to send the prophet to Nineveh. See, it's one thing when I can treat Leon nice, because Leon treats me nice. But can I treat another person nice that's not so nice to me. See, because Rose is nice to me, it's easy for me to treat her nice. That's easy. That, that goes without saying. But can I treat Aaron nice when, and kind when Aaron is not so kind to me? The challenge that you've been getting every Sunday is to challenge you to take your ministry higher. And it's challenging you to do something that you've never done before. It's easy for me to loan Nico money if I know Nico's going to pay me back. But could I give Eric money and he's in need too. And he can't pay me back. Somebody say challenge. Somebody say challenge. Life is always full of challenges. And now God has a challenge for the prophet. Here's a test for you, Jonah. I want you to go with your ministry, with your mission. Take this message to Nineveh. But listen what Jonah says. Jonah says nothing. But listen to his next move. Verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but you know what just showed that we didn't see? Jonah's attitude. Lord, I know what you want, but I'm not doing that. 
So I'm going to hide from you. Seriously? Really? He went down into, he went down to Joppa, got into a ship, and instead of heading towards Nineveh, he headed the opposite direction. And see, with a lot of us, whether we know it or not, in certain things in our life, instead of doing it the way God told us to, or doing what God wanted us to do, we're doing opposite of what God would want us to do. God says, do this, we do that. God says, go this way, we go that way. We're doing the opposite of what we're being told. Say it with me, that's contrary. (laughs) Say it again, that's contrary. Listen, Jonah goes another direction. He doesn't even listen to what God says. And he's a prophet? Now, you see how God got people in the church with bad attitudes? Stop getting mad at your brothers and sisters. There are some that just need more help. I'm going to sing the song to them that my wife used to sing to TJ. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Because with some Christians, that's what you just got to sing. Don't get mad at them. Don't hate them. Don't walk away from them. Don't avoid them. Stop avoiding them. Stop when you see them. Oh, God, there goes sister so-and-so. Stop running. Stop trying to get away from them. Be bold about it and do what God has called you to do because you're not taking the challenge. Rather than going into the challenge, you're running from the challenge. And that's just, you're just a Jonah. You're a Jonah. Because Jonah, a prophet of God, did the same thing. When God told him, go this way, he turned and went. And a lot of times, that's what we're doing in our life. God tells us, get up and pray. We get up, make something to eat, pick up the phone, read something. Then when it's, we remember, oh, I was supposed to pray. Now it's time to walk out the door. Because we got distracted when we were told, pray. Hmm. That's exactly what's happening here with Jonah. Somebody say a prophet with an attitude. Just like child, children of God with an attitude. And thank God for his, I was telling my wife this morning, I said, thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. Because you know what? With some of us, we wouldn't have made it. I started with me, I wouldn't have made it. Bad attitude. In certain, in certain things and in certain areas damage, have damaged myself and some of us are damaged property but thank God we're damaged property that belongs to the Lord Amen. how many know God use ordinary people God don't call the wise he calls the foolish to confound the wise God don't call the educated God calls the stupid to make them wise. Y'all, y'all, y- do you really know your God? Look at Jesus went and picked disciples. He picked four fishermen. 
No one from the Pharisees, no one from the scribes or Sadducees. He picked four fishermen, a tax collector, and a guy that was sitting under a tree, dazing off. God don't pick known people. He don't pick the famous or the celebrities. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary work. And I like to think I'm ordinary. Because I'd rather be ordinary than extraordinary. I'll think too much of myself if I think I'm extraordinary. I'm no better than anybody else. I thank God for his anointing that makes me better. I thank God for the anointing that destroys yokes and lifts burdens. Because without God, I wouldn't be here. I'd be dead. Going on my way to a devil's hell. Listen to verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them but Jonah was going down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep in the storm. See, he didn't lose who he was. He knew who he was, but he was trying to get away from the mission. He didn't want to deliver the message. See, and a lot of times, through our attitudes, we deliver messages in our body language. You just said, well, if I don't say nothing, I'll save myself. No. You deliver messages in actions. Your body language says a lot. I love, I love to challenge people when they're telling me a story to see if they can look at me in the eye. Because the light of the body is the eyes. And the eyes tell a lot. Mm. It says a lot when you, when you look someone in the eye. The first thing they'll tell you on the job interview, do not lose contact with the interviewer. Because if you do, the first thing they'll think is you're withholding something. Something about you is peculiar because you can't look at me. And y'all know this, y'all, we are people of color here. Do y'all know this on the other side, in the Caucasian side? When they talk to you, they love looking directly at you. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you know, we talk. So, 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 so. <laughs> See, but let me tell you something. When you got nothing against that person, when you don't have, when you're not hiding nothing, you can look them. Ooh. It's the most liberating experience because you know, listen, I'm free. See, I can, and see, it doesn't matter. With me, it doesn't matter, male or female. I, I, I got my wife. I don't need you. I can look at you. Please don't think I want you because I don't. 
But I know who I am in the Lord. And the eyes tell a lot. Mm. Now God has to shake up the water. And he's down in the ship, sleep. Why? Because like most of us, he's at ease. Like some of us, he's at rest. God's gave him a mission. He don't want to do it. So he's trying to escape God. So he's all right with what he's doing. How many understand that? See, and that's where, that's where a lot of us get in our attitude. We get settled. This is okay. No matter how low I get, it's okay. And listen, God is, has called him to Joppa, and here, God has called him, excuse me, to Nineveh, and here he is in the ocean in the lower part of the ship. One commentator said that Jonah found the lowest part of the ship and went down there to escape the presence of the Lord. I come to warn you that you can never escape what God has for you to do. Your assignment is your assignment and stop trying to get away from it and instead of running from God, run to God. Yes, she's nerve-wracking. Yes, he gets on my nerve. But you know, I got to stop running. And I got to deal with this. And I have to deal with it the way God has told me to deal with it. Don't run. Because you'll be like Jonah. Down someplace you ain't supposed to be. While God has sent you somewhere else, but you trying to escape mission and assignment. Mm. How many Jonas in here? Trying to run from the very one God wants you to help. Well, you know what? Maybe Nick, maybe Deacon Nick will pick him up. <laughs> maybe Sister Liza will deal with her because she get on my nerve. But the best in us shows when we can change the attitude that we have. Because as Pastor was saying this morning, our attitude comes from our thinking. It's constant, repetitive thinking. This is not just something that developed overnight. It developed by constantly thinking about it. And that thinking developed into an attitude that showed itself in behavior. And that's why you can't speak peaceably to the one next to you. That's why you can't speak peaceably to the one across from you. Because you have developed an attitude with them. Oh God. Listen now. So now, he's in the ship. He's fast asleep while everybody else is scared. So listen. Verse 6, so the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meaneth thou, O sleeper? Arise, call on thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Now listen, this is not the God we serve. He's speaking of call on your God. Everybody else is going to call on their God. One of them has got to answer us. 
but no one is truly calling on God because the only one in the ship serving the true and living God is the child of God, Jonah of Israel. And you should know that he was the real man of God because while the storm was on, he was asleep. Because dying was not a problem with him, which he proved later on in the fourth chapter. Dying was not a problem with him because he knew who owned him. He knew who bought him. He knew who he belonged to. See, when you know who you belong to, you don't matter what other, it don't matter to you what other people say. It don't matter what other people think about you because you know who you belong to. I belong to the king. And because I belong to the king, I'm not worried about how you feel about me. So get over what everybody's thinking or feeling about you and come to church. Stop worrying about what they're going to say about you and come on out and serve the Lord. That's your problem. You have developed an attitude about what everybody else thinks, but what's important is what God says. You might not like me. You might not like my messages. Find another church. But no matter what, this is what God has called me to do, and I've got to give a message. If you don't like me, don't stay here. You don't like pastor, don't be here. And this, I'm not saying this because somebody said this. I'm giving you an example. Because we do a lot of things based on the people we deal with. Based on people that we have to work with. You know, I don't want to be in Pastor's aid (laughs) because, you know, Martha's in Pastor's aid. You know, me and Martha, we just don't get along well. That's all. What? Where's the unity? Where's the love? Has, Has Satan worked that easy that he can just pull us up and out of stuff? Yes, he has. And can he do it in such a subtle way that nobody will know what he's doing? Yes, he has. Because he works in darkness. Because he does things that if you're not paying attention, you won't know what he's doing. And he comes and he speaks to you and masquerades himself as an angel of light. But really, he's come to bring deception. He's come to bring division. He's come to bring destruction. For the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I have not come to take from you, but to add to you. That's what Jesus came to do, to add to us. So listen, listen. So now, and they said one to every fellow, come, come and let us cast lots. And that we may know for for whose cause this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Ooh, this is a sticky predicament. Okay, now he's exposed. Now he's exposed. How many, how many, how many know, it's such a hurtful thing when God exposes you? Oh my Lord. You want to stay from that way when God has to expose you for what he knows you're doing wrong. And he, listen what he did. He exposed Jonah to the ungodly. Whew. Whew. 
How many of you know that the people, I, I love, I love what Brother Roosevelt said Friday night. He said, you know what? He said, all of us are leaders within our own right. Because as you're on the job, you are a leader for Christ. And they may not ever meet your bishop, but they do see you. And my question is to you, how do you represent Christ on your job? How do you represent Christ on the bus? How do you represent Christ on the train? Why does the ungodly have to let you know that Christians don't do that? And they can't live what you're living, but they'll tell you, I know that ain't Christ-like. That's a terrible thing when ungodly people tell you that's not Christian-like. Oh, say it with me. I got to walk like a Christian. Say it with me. I got to talk like a Christian. Say I got to think like a Christian. Say I got to walk like a Christian. I got to talk like a Christian. I got to think like a Christian. Oh, say it one more time. I got to walk like a Christian. I got to talk like a Christian. I got to think like a Christian. Come on and give God a hand praise if you believe it. Everything I do should say I'm a Christian. Not just in certain parts of my life, but every part of my life should say I'm a Christian. Every part of my life should say I'm a Christian. Listen to this. Then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee. Listen, they had more faith in their lots than some of us do in God. And they directly said to him, after the lot fell upon him, they said, tell us, what have you done? Listen, and they said, what have you done? Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil has come upon us? What is thine occupation, and whence cometh thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? Listen, and he said unto them, I am in Hebrew. Listen, he had a bad attitude, right? But listen what he said. I fear the Lord. Listen to that. See, brother Nick, people with bad attitudes, they fear God. They love God. They just got an attitude problem. And because they won't deal with their attitude in prayer, because they won't deal with their attitude with the word, because they won't let God change that attitude, they'll keep having a bad attitude but be a Christian. That's all. And they'll, they'll, be, they'll be Christians. I call, them, I call them CA, not for California, but Christians with attitude. But thank God for his grace, for his favor, for his mercy that overlooks my foolishness, that overlooks my stupidness and still blesses me in spite of how I am. Oh, God. How many know that's a blessing? How many know we can praise God right there on that note? How many know we can bless the Lord just for that? How many know we can give God praise just for that? For holding me and understanding me when no one else did. For not giving up on me. For not leaving me because everybody didn't like me. He loved me in spite of who I am and all I've done. He saved me. Listen, listen, listen. Then were they exceedingly afraid and said said unto him, what hast thou done? Then listen, verse 11. Then said they unto him, what shall we do unto thee? Because see, by now, you got to understand, they're afraid to put their hand on the man of God. Because they know that his God is after him. 
So the last thing they want to do is hurt him because he, they know and they feared that God would not spare them but would kill them for trying to kill him or for killing him. You see that? You see that? Let me tell you something. You know what? The ungodly and the atheists are very adamant about what they believe. How many know that they're stronger in their belief than some Christians are? You know? And listen, not even God believe atheists. Y'all get that later. Because the atheist has no faith in God. God has, God has no faith in the atheist. God can't believe the atheist. Because Psalm said, the fool in his heart has said what? There is no God. Because how can you say there is no God when you look at you? How? wonderfully and perfectly you are made. And listen, in spite of all you go through, you can hear. In spite of all you go through, you can think. In spite of everything that's happening in your life, you can still walk and God has given you life. Am I talking to the living? Amen. You walked in here, nobody, nobody wheeled you in here. And even if, even, even if you hopped in here, you're here. And you're, listen, you're blessed. Oh, say it with me. I'm blessed. Say it with me. I'm blessed. Okay, I got to finish this up. And he said to, unto them, take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. So eventually we know they throw him in the sea and when they throw him in the sea, everything for them becomes calm. But now Jonah has to deal with what he's done. He disobeyed God. God told him to do something and now he hasn't done it. So what is chapter two about? Chapter two is about Jonah being swallowed by a fish. Oh, God. A fish that should have digested him, Sister Maricha. That should have said lunch. <laughs> but look at the miracle of God. See, if God be for us, the fish can't even enjoy him. He's just, the fish has become a prison for him until he comes to the point that he wants to do his ministry, his mission, and give the message. The fish is just a prison to him. And the fish swallows him. And Jonah has three days and three nights in the fish to pray and think about it. And as he's in the fish, guess what changes? Who? Who? Boy, y'all listening. Y'all listening good. While in the fish, the attitude changed. Now he's praying. Now he's telling God, I'll, I'll go to Nineveh. Send me, God. I'll go. Y'all laughing. But guess what? In the fish, Jonah died. In the fish, Jonah died. He died from his way of thinking. 
He died from his way of wanting things done. He died from self. And once he died, now God can use him. Now, God will send him to where he wants him to go. And the only reason why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, because he didn't want those people saved. He didn't like them. He hated them because they were evil, they were wicked. He knew that if he went there and preached to them, God would save them. Wow. So he thought that if I escape this, what can happen to them is just going to happen. He didn't want to spare them. You see that? But look at the mercy God gave to him. In a fish that didn't swallow you up, saved you from a storm, allowed the fish to vomit you out of his mouth. And now you get a second chance. How many love second chance? Oh, raise your hand if you thank God for a second chance. I thank God for a second chance. Because you know what? Everybody don't get a second chance. Everybody don't get another chance. Use it while you have it. So, let me say something. Right now, whatever that attitude is that you have against anybody, against something, whatever that attitude that you have, change it. And if you really want to show yourself change, go to the one that you had an attitude against and say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I had an attitude against you for no reason. And you did nothing. It was me. Come on and stand up. Come on and stand with me. Come on and stand with me. Your next move is vital. Your next move is vital. Because I need you to see this in closing. God brought Jonah out of the depths of the sea. But it was in the deep despair that Jonah's attitude changed. And God brought him from his lowest state to a new altitude, literally. That fish took him through the water, through the bottom of the sea, and brought Jonah up to bring him to land. You see how good God is? Look how good he is. He caused the fish to bring Jonah up from prison, up from death. Even our Lord used Jonah's life to show us what he was going to do. Jonah was a foreshadow of Jesus being in the grave three days and three nights. But God rose him up from the dead and many of us right here right now God wants to raise us from the dead he don't want us to stay where we are but he wants to bring us to another level in him 
a level that is above the storm, a level that is above everybody else. And not because we want to be somebody better, not because we think we're better, but because that's God. He just wants to bring us higher. And I want to go higher. There are, what, higher heights and deeper depths in him. And I want to go up. Come on and close your eyes with me with your hands raised. Come on and close your eyes with me with your hands raised. You don't need anyone to put oil on your head. You know where your attitude is that's wrong. You know the area where your attitude has held you back. And some of us has even made ourselves sick and not even aware of it by our attitude. Do you know that even the world teaches you that a better attitude gives you good health? The right attitude gives you good health. My God, my God. If the world is getting this, why can't we? Through God. Know that the right attitude will bring us higher in him. Come on, bring that attitude before God right now. Bring it before God. You know where it's at. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I won't do this. I won't do that. Where is it? Where is it? You know. Mm. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You know exactly where that area is. Bring it before God. Expose it now. Because the only way to be delivered from something is to expose and confess what it is. And then declare your deliverance from being captured or being held hostage by whatever is holding you back. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We honor you, God, for you are setting us free right now from wrong thinking. God, you are setting us free from that bad attitude that kept us down. Father, for we know that if we change the attitude through your word, that you have higher heights for us, God. You will take us to new altitudes in you. We will go to higher levels in you, oh God. Lord, then you'll release tongue language. Lord, you will release prophecy. You will release healing. You will release miracles. And all these things will be set free when our attitude towards your assignment you have given us has changed. Father, some of us have assignments that we don't like, but we know that the assignment is needful for us to be delivered and kept according to your will. Father, I pray for an attitude change for your people, for all of us, oh God, for all of us, oh God, have suffered from something in our attitude that we have allowed the enemy to hold us hostage. But Lord, we claim that liberty that Christ has given to us. We claim that liberty right now. And we declare that we are free for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We are going to stand in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And Father, we're not going to be entangled anymore in the yoke of bondage. We are free. We are free. And we thank you for this liberty that we have in Christ. Thank you, O oh God, 
for your grace continually going with us. And Lord, we bless you now. We come against wrong attitudes. We bind up the hands of the enemy. We bind every thought that exalts itself against the power of God. And God, we humble ourselves to you to know that we can live differently and that we can have the mind of Christ. And we give you glory and honor right now. Come on and begin to clap your hands before the Lord. Come on and praise God right now. Come on and give God praise. Bless him now. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Come on, don't give up. Begin to praise him right now. Come on, change. Thank God for change. Thank God for change. Thank God for change. Hallelujah. Thank God for change. Thank God for change. Thank God for change. God bless you, saints. We look to see as many of you as that can come to encourage the Mobley family this Thursday. Amen. And please, saints of God, don't forget the service on next Thursday. We'll be offering. Don't forget next Thursday, next Thursday, the funeral. Next Friday, we will also be next Sunday. Sunday, we will be at, um, honey, help me out here. Next Sunday. Mission of Hope. Mission of Hope in New York. Amen. And um, Pastor, see Pastor, see Sister Martha, and they'll definitely give you the um, address. Offering and tithes. Can you please take that to Sister Laverna yourself today? Amen. Offering and tithes. You can take that to Sister Laverna. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I just, I just was reminded. We got a birthday guy here today. Amen. Our Deacon Nico's birthday. Come on, give praise for God. Give praise unto the Lord for our deacon. Amen, amen. We thank God for him. God has blessed him. Amen. When this man came here, he was broken. Amen. But God has made him whole. And we thank God for him. And we honor him today on this blessed birthday. Bless you, brother. Bless you. <laughs>